0: If you have your Bibles today, let's go ahead and open them up to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter number 4. Matthew, chapter number 4. And we are going to do the second part of our study looking at the temptation of Christ. Um, Jesus' temptation, like we mentioned last time, has basically three things that we want to notice. Uh, we will see that the devil tempted Jesus with scripture out of context we will see that Jesus responded to the devil with scripture in context and then we will see that there are three ways in which Satan tempted Christ uh, that are not unique but is the same three ways that he tempts you and I today. So, verse number one Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights afterward, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So here we see the first temptation. Jesus is tempted to turn stones into bread and to prove that he was indeed the Son of God. The devil here is questioning the deity of Christ. Notice he says, if thou be the Son of God. Now, certainly the devil was not the first to ever question the deity of Christ. The Pharisees questioned the deity of Christ. In uh, Matthew chapter number 27, in verse number, number 40, we see that. Matthew 27 and 40. And saying, notice it says, Then were the two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save save thyself if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. So they were also questioning the deity of Christ. And many people today still question the deity of Christ. And yet it is found all throughout the scriptures. I teach to my students that what I call the five fundamentals of the faith, and I give them an acronym: Davis, D A V I S. And the reason I I think these are I call them the fundamentals is because uh, without them there would be no Christianity. Um, <clears throat> and the first one is the D, and the D stands for uh, deity jesus claimed to be god jesus claimed to be the second person of the godhead and john 1 1 through 2 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god jesus claimed to be christ Uh, revelation 1 8 uh, the bible says jesus says i am the alpha the omega and the beginning and the end um, Jesus has always been with God the Father. And we can go all the way back into the book of Genesis. You can find the deity of Christ in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, that word God is the word Elohim or Elohim. It is uh, it is what, what we call the uni-plural noun for God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see it. I mean, in Genesis chapter number 1, uh, you come down into, <clears throat> let's see, verse number uh, 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and all that creep upon the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I mean, we see the deity of Christ already um, in 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 genesis chapter number one um, then you remember when they they cast the man out of the garden you know he said uh, he said uh, we need to put them out lest they become like us so we the deity of christ is found throughout the scriptures that wasn't something that was just invented around the fourth century in the church jesus said i am you know it's interesting in your bibles in your in our english translations uh for example when caiaphas asked jesus was he the one uh our translations say he said i am he but in the original jesus didn't put the word he after that statement he said i am and immediately um, Caiaphas accused him of blasphemy. Why? Because the name I am is the name for God. Um, When Moses came to the burning bush on the backside of the desert, and he, he asked God, he said, well, who shall I say sent me? And he said, I am that I am has sent you. So Jesus unequivocally claimed to be God. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Okay, um, so the first thing that we want to see in regards to this first temptation is that it appealed um, to the lust of the flesh. There's a verse in uh, in First John chapter two and verse number sixteen, and it says, verse number fifteen: "Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and he's going to give three things that are in the world: <clears throat> the lust of the flesh." The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof that he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So notice that Jesus is going to be tempted with the lust of the flesh. You and I are tempted every day in the lust of our flesh. And understand something. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted in all points as we yet without sin. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. Now I've heard people heretically say he was a 50% man, 50% God. Not true. He was 100% man and 100% God. That's called the hypostatic union in theological terms. He was all man, he was all God. He was called the Son of Man, he was called the Son of God. It's just Jesus temporarily set aside you know and became and his deity if you will and suffered the death of the cross but being 100% man that means he was 100% tempted in all points as we had Jesus not have been 100% man then he would not have been a a substitute for us because he would not have been tempted in the same way as us Okay, now that brings to the question, could Jesus have actually sinned? Well, I mean, theologians go back and forth in that regard, but I think that, you know, I mean, if he had, and certainly the, the devil uh, wanted him to move, and understand temptation is not sin, okay, it's not the temptation that's the sin, it's the actual um moving forward or doing it so when jesus here is tempted the bible clearly says he was tempted the flesh part of him the 100 percent man part of him was tempted to turn the stones into bread okay why because he was hungry he had been on this long fast so he was indeed tempted by the lust of the flesh And you and I, you're going to see that Jesus, here in Matthew chapter 4, is being tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Just like you and I are tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life every stinking day of, (laughs) of our lives. Okay? But Jesus was without sin. Okay? So he was tempted, but he did not succumb, if you will, to the temptation Now, Jesus, being the second Adam, was not the first to be tempted this way. Uh, The first Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were tempted this way. Look in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 6. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6, notice it says, And when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food. You see, Eve was tempted by the lust of the flesh. Unfortunately, she gave in. She got into a dialogue with the devil about the goodness of God. And she sinned. So Jesus, the God-man, is tempted in the same way. Okay? Uh, But he did not give in to the temptations of the devil. Okay? The devil knew that Jesus was capable of turning the stone into bread. You remember Matthew 3, 9? The Bible says... um, Jesus said, And think not to say unto yourselves that we have Abraham our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. The devil knew full well who Jesus was. The devil knew full well what Jesus was capable of doing. But yet he tempted him anyway. But notice the Lord's response. Unlike Eve... Who began a dialogue with the devil, who began to question the goodness of God. The Lord quoted scripture to the devil. He actually quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 3, which says, and he humbled thee. "...and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God." You see, the Lord resisted the devil with Scripture. And you know what? If we want to resist the temptations of the devil, we need to also resist him with Scripture. You know the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number six. Look over there real quick. Uh, right after right after Galatians, uh, Ephesians chapter number six, and verse number ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all... Take up the shield, the shield of faith. Where where did I go? Taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So you'll notice here that in the in the warrior's armor, it is only the word of God that is the offensive weapon that we have to defeat the devil. And I am convinced, I was teaching a a group of students. Um, I uh, teach a Bible study on Sunday nights to some college students that I've been given the privilege of being able to mentor and disciple throughout the week. But we gather on Sunday nights and we rotate home. So every Sunday I get a text from one of them and tell me where we need to meet. But I've been talking uh, to them about how that, you know, the Bible, how are we made holy? We are made holy by the washing of the water of the word. And how does our faith grow? Our faith grows through the word of God. We need to know the word. You and I need to be students of the scripture we need to study the Word of God so that we can respond to the temptations that the enemy throws at us so that we can stand in the evil day (laughs) so that we will be able to take up this shield of faith so that we can have the Word of God to respond to the attacks of the enemy so in this first temptation here we see that our Lord was tempted in all points as we he was hungry he was tempted in his flesh he was a hundred percent man, hundred percent God, hypostatic union. Yet he responded to the devil with the Word of God. Let me tell you something: you can't respond with something you do not know. Okay, um, you need to. You can't remember what you have never placed into memory. Okay, uh, I have students that think that they can do that. Uh, You can. If you've never read the material, Okay, you're not going to be able to remember it when I ask you. We need to study the Word of God. We need to rightly divide the Word of Truth. This is our sword. We need to know this. And yet, how many believers actually study this? How many believers actually read this? Read the Word of God. But I don't understand. Read the Word of God and you will be able to understand. Given time, knowledge is cumulative. You know, you start out in kindergarten, finger painting, okay? And then you move into first grade and you learn your numbers. And then you move into second grade and you learn that one plus one equals two. Then you move into third grade, and you find that one minus one equals zero. You see, knowledge is cumulative. So when you first begin to study the Word of God, some of it won't make sense to you. But slowly you'll begin to learn. And as you begin to learn, knowledge will build upon knowledge. Study the Word of God, that you may be thoroughly furnished unto all good Works And when the devil comes and he tempts you with the lust of the flesh, quote scripture to him. Quote scripture to him. Just like Jesus said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that word is right here. Listen, God bless you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, I just started back... um, doing some live video here um but um you know and i'll try to do that every day as i can but i appreciate you and i just pray that you'll always remember how much that god loves you and he wants the best for you and he's always no matter how it looks (laughs) he's always working things out for our good god bless you